Hey, church, while, while we're celebrating, let's go ahead and welcome our online family into the house. Highlight.church, Facebook, YouTube. It's an honor to have you. And wherever you are, we, we pray blessings over you. And uh, we wish you were here, but we're glad you're joining us through the power and the gift of technology. And so welcome to church. And uh, I want to open us up in uh, the book of Acts. And uh, really, it's more Acts of the Apostles. So um, just to give us a little context, we're going to open up to chapter one here in a second. Uh, Jesus has resurrected and he's been spending some time with his disciples and uh, he's about to like take off in a second. Uh, he's going to take a cloud up to heaven. And, um, and, 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 and so that's always, that story is always cool. But right before he leaves, this is what he, um, this is what he said to, to the church. Verse six says this. So when the apostles were with Jesus, they kept asking him, Lord, has the time come for you to free Israel and restore our kingdom? It's kind of like our prayers. God, has the time come for me to, for that door to open or for that blessing to come in? And, and, and that's great. You know, God understands that. But what I love about God is that um, he uh, refocuses us on what's important. And because um, his deal isn't temporary, it's more eternal. Verse 7, it says, he replied, the Lord alone, my father alone, has the authority to set those dates and times, and they are not for you to know. That draws me back to our, our previous series, Hi, My Name is Stuart. Um, Jesus is saying, you focus on the day-to-day, -day, the hour-to-hour. -hour. God will do his part. You, you do your part. And he says this here in verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Someone say power. power. Yeah, you, you're going to receive this supernatural ability to carry out the work of God, this power, and you will be my witnesses. So this is the reason for the power. You will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. That's right. That's right. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Amen. What I love about the local church is that we have a number of mandates that God has called us to. And literally, he said this, and then you, you got to keep reading. The story is awesome. He, that was it. He just took on, he, he took off. That's right. And I was taught a long time ago that a person's departing words are their most important ones. Um, if you've ever been with someone as they were passing away and they had an opportunity to to talk to you. So um, we know that Jesus is alive, but this was so important to him that this was the last thing he said. He said, wait, you're going to receive power yes. to, to tell the world about me, to share the good news, to share the gospel about me. And we have a mandate. We have a local, someone say local. local. We have a national, national. and international, international mandate, specifically for Highlight Church. We're in the Maryland series, and we turned five last week, and um, we, let's celebrate that five years. It's exciting. And um, if you weren't here, please go on YouTube and, and check out the, the story. Last week was awesome. But our call as a church is to cover the state of Maryland. 
So we're going to have multiple locations across the state over the next few decades. Our heart is to also send off church planners and church planting teams, not just not just highlight, but we're going to be sending people all across the world. And then we have a national mandate. Right now we partner with an organization called ARC, Association of Related Churches, and they've planted right under 1,000 uh, local churches across the world, uh, most of which are in America. We can celebrate that too. Um, because church planting is the most powerful way to reach non-believers. And so we got to keep planting churches and and we invest into that monthly financially. Then we have an international mandate to go beyond our nation. Jesus said to the ends of the earth. And, and so um, after five years of stewardship and being faithful in our city, um, on our block, someone say our block. Our block. Been faithful in our block. God has given us more blocks and he's taken us into, into more, more countries and stuff. And so... Um, we, we've, we're finally entering into this relationship with an amazing or, organization called Hope Project. And today we have the honor of having just an amazing talk with them. Than and Megan, Megan or Megan? Megan? Megan, yes, because we have someone on our staff is Megan, right? Yeah. Megan, yeah. Sorry, I'm, I'm rolling the tongue. <laughs> Grapham, Grapham, correct. Yes, always get the N and the M messed up, but beautiful family, amazing people, amazing story, and we're going to get behind them. So I want you guys to open up your hearts and your minds as God and the Holy Spirit continues to work through us as a church to support what God is doing in their world. So let's welcome them to the stage. Come on up, guys. Awesome. Thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah, so we made it through the 9 a.m. Yeah, yes. you seriously have a great church. Oh, thank and you. What a privilege for us to be here and yeah. to be with you guys thank in you. this special place. Yeah, so amazing. Thank you. Come on, guys. Let's celebrate. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, they're all right, you know. They, yeah. <laughs> Listen, you guys got a lot to live up to. Yeah. The 9 o'clock came through. We so. don't want to start a competition. <laughs> yeah, the 9 o'clock was on fire yeah. this morning. So I'm um, so, so glad to have you all. And um Hope Project, wow, so it's been eight years, yep. correct? Before we really get into it, tell us a little bit about you guys. Um, yeah. Yeah, so Hope Project, like you said, is about eight years old, mm -hmm. uh, but there was a long process before we got to the point where God was ready to do something like that through us. Right. Um, I think all of our stories, it's kind of something that starts before we're even born. Right. You know, if you believe the Bible, God knew you before you were born, yeah. and he was already writing yeah. that story. And so we get opportunities in life to kind of step into the story mm -hmm. and steward it. And so for us, opportunities like that started around the age of 12. Wow. And I know for me, my parents took me to New York on a trip. Mm -hmm. And we didn't go to, like, sightsee. We weren't tourists. Mm -hmm. My parents took me to Brooklyn, and they took me to Bed-Stuy. They took me to one of the most dangerous ghettos in the world. And I think people were probably saying, what are they thinking? Right. You know, what yeah. are Megan's parents doing, taking 12-year-old version of this <laughs> into that? And, yeah. But now looking back, I know exactly what they were thinking wow. because they took us to ministry, mm. a center where over 100,000 kids every week were hearing the gospel. So and good. I got to ride a bus through Brooklyn and go to apartments and projects and right. see these kids come out of their mess, mm. get on a bus and go meet Jesus. And mm. so I just got to see what it looks like when someone is willing to go yeah. to your door and find you where you're at. Wow. And, and just as a 12-year-old boy, it stuck with me. So and good. So, it's powerful. Yeah. yeah. And then later on in life, 
So we were kids pastors for yeah. 10 years. Great. And God opened the door for us to start Hope Project. Um, we've been married for 17 years, so that's wow. When we started Hope Project, it was really um, we had zero knowledge. We were kids pastors. We had zero dollars. Yeah. We bought a do- we bought a book, How to Start a Nonprofit, for fifty dollars, mm. and that was like an investment on our Come end. On so we mm-hmm. kind of got to. And we actually had to acquire a donation to have enough money to open a business bank account. And wow. so <laughs> yeah. it was, we were so, like, we had to go to somebody and be like, we have an idea. Mm. We want to help kids. We're not exactly sure how it's going to go out. Will you give us $200? Wow, yeah. yeah. Actually, they ended up giving us 400 Wow, there you so go. So we opened a checking and a savings account. There you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Great one. There you go. I love it. So, because of their faithfulness, yeah. so many kids have been helped. That's but, and, um... We started, and we started in the country of Nicaragua, so we had some contacts there, and um, we knew that God was calling us to six different locations around the world, but we started in the country yes. of Nicaragua, yep. and um, we started with a local pastor who was feeding about That's 100 kids every week, mm-hmm. and when we went to see the feeding program for the first time, um, we expected to see this church full of kids eating and everyone happy and all the things, and maybe yeah. we could... Um, partner with them to like add more days a week or feed more kids or maybe add like more chicken to the meals things like that um and they weren't we got there and they weren't feeding any kids wow and so we were like what's going on guys and they said um we've lost all of our financial support wow and so when we went we only had twelve hundred dollars which we felt like was insignificant yeah it felt like nothing yeah yeah and we felt like, what are we? Who are we to even go with this small of a gift? Yeah. Um, for them, so we left them with the twelve hundred dollars, was exactly what they needed to carry the program, restart the program, and carry it until the next time we came back, which was in mm. January of the following year. Yeah. And since then, we've provided how many meals, Sam? Oh, over two hundred fifty thousand meals. Wow. Right yeah. there for those kids. Yes. Yeah. And so really, um, how we feel is that there is no donation, no dollar, no contribution that is um, too small. That every donation matters. Every contribution matters. And God, when it's in the hands of God, he can do whatever he wants with it. And he can just blow our minds with with whatever people are willing to place in our hands and so yeah yeah so so in your eyes a small insignificancy Mm -hmm. we we just read that verse last week in zachariah 4 how um don't despise the day of small beginnings for god rejoices to see the work began so um tell us a little bit more about what it is you're doing in central america and i I know you also have some ventures out in southeast asia but um we're on your website, and I know shelter, education, yeah. you want to build that out a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, so we help kids in four areas, nutrition, okay. education, shelter, and spiritual development. Great. So it's kind of the idea of a whole child, like mm-hmm. everything they might need. And then we want to do it, though. We're not into starting anything new. We right. started Hope Project, but we don't want to go pop up somewhere and start something right. in a, in a you know, community that we don't know. Right. And so we come along, local pastors, local leaders, mm-hmm. you know, the government school in that city. And we just come alongside them and say, what is your God-given vision? Wow. Yeah. And how can we get behind you and bring a resource to that? And so we meet, you know, if you've got a pure heart, God-given vision, you're helping kids. We want to be a part of it. Wow. So, so yeah. currently we help kids in um, Nicaragua, Guatemala, Myanmar, which borders Thailand, and Ethiopia, which is our newest partner. That's our newest development. And we're believing over time and as our monthly support increases, 
um, as our partnerships increase, then we can do more in um, two more countries. Yeah. And once we have those commitments, they are long-term ongoing commitments. And so this is a, we want to see transformation in their communities. We want to feed these kids, but we don't want to feed their children. Yeah. And we want to see God just really move and empower, empower these kids um, for generations. And yeah. so we are, we're in it for the long haul. Once we make a commitment to a community, yeah. they're stuck with us. So. I love that. <laughs> and that's the unique component about your organization. And that's what drew us to, to you. I mean, we were praying for a season, um, obviously five years. Um, and, and we have um, a, a partner church in Fredericksburg, Virginia, LifePoint. And they told us about Hope Project. And so what we loved about your model is that you, you stay in the nation. You stay in the country. You don't just do work and then you leave and you come back a year later. But you're seeing those $1,200 and those hours and that consistency just really transform right. a nation. And so um, do you have any, you know, any uh, sense of, of what God is doing specifically right now? Any cool stories you'd like to share about the hand of God um, on the families? Yeah, so we've, mm-hmm. I mean... Over time, we've built 235 homes yeah. in these countries around the world, and that's about 900 people live in those homes. So good. And so every yeah. time we build it, yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. But every time we build a home, we get to, like, meet the family. We don't just come in, build it, move on to the next one. Good. And so we actually have a moment with the family that's a dedication where mm-hmm. we get to hear their story, and we get to hear how they cried out or how they were living before. Right. And in that, we get to tell them, you know, this house is a gift to your family, but it's not from us. Yeah. It's not from Hope Project. It's not from Highlight Church. Right. This is God to your family. Amen. God, yeah, Amen. he saw your prayer. He heard your cry. Mm-hmm. And so we meet a lot of families that, like, literally, like, moments before we came, they were thinking their house was going to fall down. Wow. Or we meet a family who, when the materials arrived to the house, they didn't know it was for them. Yeah. And they run out, and they say, I can't afford this. This isn't for me. You know, don't right. drop the materials off. And then the pastor gets out of the truck and says, no, this is for you. Wow. And, and we just need to hear all these stories. and. Yeah. So, um, something yeah. that was happening to us early on when we um, started building homes was we kept hearing and at every dedication, I prayed for a roof, but God exceeded my expectations and gave me a home. Yeah. And we were like, they, we're hearing this like house after house after house. And finally, I was like, pulled the pastor aside and I was like, is this like a cultural saying? Like, is this like, yeah. you know, like something they say in their culture? Or like, what is the meaning of this? And they said, there's a government program that you can enroll in where if you're chosen, they'll give you two sheets of tin. And so people were building structures out of two sheets of tin and tree branches. Um, And so um, they were believing for that, and God exceeded their expectations and gave them a whole house. And so, you know, um, the houses we build, they are basic houses. I think we have a picture of a house that, of a Mm. a style we build in Nicaragua. Mm. Um, And so they're a basic structure, but one thing that's really super important about this house is that it has a concrete floor. And never in my life did I think I would be a concrete floor expert, but I have become a concrete floor expert. And so so the benefits of a concrete floor are so powerful and so exponential. And so um, concrete floor, when you introduce a concrete floor, you reduce infant mortality by 50%. And so that statistic alone wow. is like, drop the mic. Like, we don't need any more facts. Like, that's enough to just pour concrete floors all over yeah. the world. Yeah. Um, but then also, living in a dirt floor impedes cognitive development. Yeah. And so if you're thinking about um, helping a child become all that God's created them to be, right. their cognitive development needs to be on point, And they yeah. need a concrete floor. Yes, yes. And so um, there's just different things. You know, the water and the mud. I mean, imagine... 
Um, we've been in, in houses where their floor is just mud. Oh, and it's just, imagine putting your feet in that every morning and taking your feet out of that every night yeah. and having no relief from that mud um, or dirt is just unbearable to us. Yeah. And so um, the concrete floor alone, but then also like being able to sleep through the night because you're not getting rained on. Right. Um, we built a house for a little girl um, that in June and six months before that, a she was sleeping on the dirt in someone else's house because their family did not have a structure. Wow. And yeah. a scorpion crawled into her mouth and bit her in the mouth in the middle of the night as she was sleeping. And so um, this structure provides a safe place wow. for her to sleep. She has Amen. a bed now. She's out of the dirt. Amen. The um, risk of that happening to her. Also, um, yeah. snakes and rats bite children in their sleep and so the way we build it there's a block that goes halfway into the ground it's a big huge block they weigh about a hundred pounds yeah and so yeah, I'm good, and so we dig a <laughs> we dig a, a footer for them we lay them in there yeah. um and we um and that keeps snakes and rats out and keeps children safe and so um it's just really that's beautiful yeah it's yeah, just really incredible so process of building house. tell us a little bit we heard about the house amazing Tell us about their conditions before you guys came into the nation. You're yeah. talking about the fill dump or... Um, yeah, so we actually, this community, we found out through a missionary friend that mm -hmm. we knew in Nicaragua. And he had just started a feeding program that we were part of. And basically, there was a trash dump community in Managua. Yeah. And people were living in it. Like, they lived there. They picked there. Their livelihood was there. Life wow. was in the dump. Wow. And they came in and did kind of some soil samples. And they found out the human waste had made its way 14 feet down into the soil. Wow. And so they were living on top of that, breathing that in, mm -hmm. you know, cooking over that, eating food in that environment. Oh and so the government actually moved them to three different places. And one of them was just an empty field in, yeah. the, in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. No running water, no electricity, no school, no medicine, just people with little plots I mean, of land. How can you thrive? How can you yeah. survive? Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so we actually drive by the dump to get to that neighborhood. And people are still in it. They're still picking it. They don't, no other way of life, really. Right. And, and so, so what's difficult about that situation is the majority of the adults in this community, they are, they are illiterate. They've never been to school. They don't know how to read or write. They don't know how to spell their name. They don't know how to write their name. They don't know how to spell their children's names. Um, and so, um, and that's no fault of their own. That's what they were born into. Yeah. And so our desire and our hope for their children is that we can get their kids in school and that their kids um, can receive employment and be who God's created them to be. Right. And, um, you know, I... We have so much respect for the adults that have to work in the trash dump because it's a hard job. Yeah. It is a difficult job. It's dirty. It's not safe. Um, it's unsanitary. And it's just degrading. Yeah. And so when we build for a, um, a trash pick, I'm sorry, I might cry. It's okay. It's just we're, our heart just breaks for them because it is a hard job. And there is, it's just, Thanks, thank Chris. you. Mm -hmm. um, that's not God's best for them. Right. And so how do we transition the next generation out of that into what God's, God has for them? And right. so that's through the local church. Amen. That's through the hope of Christ. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I just I think about how uh, when Judah gets out of the shower, we already have a, a floor mat. Yeah. <laughs> but he, oh God, we're just so blessed and so spoiled in America. He, uh, he wants me to put a towel on the mat. Because he doesn't want his feet to touch the mat. Wow. But these kids have no choice but to wake up and, and be in the mud. I mean, that is funny. Judah's a mess, isn't he? But, um, but their situation is real. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about Southeast Asia, Myanmar, correct? Yeah. So for about two years, we wanted to get into Southeast Asia, yeah. find a group of kids, find a church, find someone. And really, we just 
I had to pray and wait for God to open the door. Right. And we didn't want to get ahead of ourselves. We couldn't find anyone going there. And so through a lot of connections and just living our story for so long and, and, and stewarding it well, we knew people that knew people that were doing ministry there. Wow. And so we got a chance to go. And like we literally printed a visa online. I was like, this has to be a scam. There's no yeah. way. They're going to laugh at me. Yeah, flew like, yeah. for like 40 hours. Wow. Walk into an airport. And we've never run into another American in that part of Southeast Asia, wow. ever. Wow. And we got our visa. We printed offline. And we're like, hey. Yeah, they, they just stamped they, it. They stamped yeah. it. They waved us through. But we met an incredible ministry. They met a pastor who has a church planting institute. Okay. Uh, with a vision to plant 100 churches in a country that's like 4% Christian. Wow. And he wants to send them out. And Not so, only that, it's illegal to spread the gospel in this yeah. country. And so he, he, they mm. had this institute. They've got the church there. They started sending out church planters. Mm-hmm. And they would go to rural parts of this country where no... You know, no medicine, no conditions to really live in. Starting these churches, and they started getting sick and passing away. Wow. And orphaning children who then came back to this pastor, and he started a home for them. Uh, yeah. A children's home for church planters' children. And so, yeah. That's great. Literally died spreading the gospel. Oh, my goodness. Yep. So the oldest children in this, in this children's home, they are church planters' children. And since then, it's expanded to other children who have been orphaned um, for various reasons. And so... Um, we get to, we were going twice a year to visit with the kids and meet yeah. the kids and um, since then there has been there was a coup that happened on February first there and so um, fortunately we were able to still get support into the country but we're unable to go yeah. and so um, your support we have opportunity for sponsorship Great. Um, at our table you can sponsor a child from that children's home um, and that literally keeps them fed that literally is taking care of their basic needs in life and um we believe that kids need more than just rice on the plate they also need to have a childhood right and so your support also allows for that to happen as well and so that's um something really incredible um that happened was the eight youngest kids got sponsored to go to an international school in yangon that's great and so they were going to this private school. It's a great opportunity for them for education. Yeah, so um, but when COVID happened, they needed internet to go online mm. to go to school. And so we installed internet because of the monthly partners. We were able wow. to do that. That's installed great. internet and we installed. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Thank it's you. A big deal. Yes. <laughs> we installed a specific type of internet that was um, that just was like the providence of God. The type that we installed. Wow. Um, and when the coup took place, all forms of communication um, were shut down except for this type of wow. internet. Wow. And so we were able to have communication on a regular basis with our partner there to see what they needed to be in prayer with them. And then also find ways of getting the support um, there to continue um, taking care of these kids. So they were not alone. I think that's like one thing that um, is just really powerful is that um, these pastors, when Hope Project comes alongside of them, when churches like Highlight come alongside these pastors, um, they feel empowered to do the work that God's called them to do, and they know that they are not alone. Right. And that they are part of something much bigger than just what God's called them to do in that community. I love that. Can you speak a little bit on the significance of pastoral leadership there and how Hope Project and the local church supports the pastor and their family? Why is that vital for the community, the pastor's strength and lifestyle? Yeah, so we came in, met this pastor, and he had literally given everything to move to that same trash dump. Mm. Brought his family In the crowd. We're back to the crowd now. Yeah, that's great. And he brought him out there, and he brought him kicking and screaming, honestly. Like, his kids didn't want to go. His daughter didn't want to go. And he said, we're just going to go for the weekend, bring a diary, a notebook. We'll pray and seek God. Wow. And so they went for the weekend, and he never said, we're going back home now. Yeah. And they stayed out in that dump community. And they slept on the ground for four months. 
and they were just trying to plant a church in that area that could be life-giving for these people that were surrounding them. Yeah. They were full of need. And, and from that humble beginning, God has now raised them up as leaders. They have five churches under their care. Wow. And all these pastors, like, yeah. they don't have a Bible school to go to. Right. They don't have, they can't go to the library or the bookstore or anywhere and get a commentary. Right. Like, they're just praying and seeking God, and they want to do more. They want to be pastors. Yeah. And so part of equipping the local church to help children and raise them to be spiritually healthy Christians is we need to equip their pastors. Yeah. We need to equip their pastors to know how to rightly divide the Word of God, how to study Scripture. Yeah. So we have actually invited your pastors oh, to man. come and to pour into yeah. these, these pastors in this community. Yeah. And it is, yeah, it's a yeah. huge, yeah. huge, huge blessing. Yeah. So... <laughs> In, a, in addition to building houses with Highlight, we yeah. are also going to be equipping the local church in multiple neighborhoods to um, raise up boys and girls to be men and women yes. of the gospel and to um, to follow um, in the footsteps of Christ. And so that's Amen. really important. We actually bought each church a set of commentaries. So good. And we had to buy them plastic bins to put their commentaries mm-hmm. in because rats will eat their books. Wow. And so we gave them a bin yeah. that has their commentaries That's in so it. Good. Like, it's just amazing. God's just yeah. really working in That's that so way. And, and so we're honored to have your pastors with us. And we just thank you so much for going yeah. and pouring into these pastors and helping them. We're grateful. We're grateful. That's awesome. So right now, because we have you guys here, the church, heavens here, all that, we're going to make a deal. They're going to build the houses, okay. and I'm just going to preach. Perfect. Right now, going? Perfect. And the 9 o'clock like... laughed at that a lot better. Yeah, like, no, 1045 is not having it. Cool. So anyway. We bring out the best in people and utilize their strengths. Yeah. And so that good, is your good, strength. Good. So. I love it. But with that, tell us a little bit about building houses, that process, and then what it, what it becomes, you know? Yeah, so we actually we go in there, and we actually hire Nicaraguan men, okay. teenage boys, to kind of lead the process mm-hmm. and so they have a job and they're working and then we just come alongside them yeah and so we're not trying to figure it out when we get there you know we got, a system, we got the materials we got the house we actually build a house a day gotcha per like 10 people oh, no. yeah. wow. and so we've had trips where we built eight houses in two days wow yeah eight families yeah, yeah. yeah. got new homes overnight overnight yeah and so we come in you don't have to be a construction worker right you know you can be Four foot eleven, eighty-eight pounds. Yeah, <laughs> do your thing. Do yeah, as so, much yeah. as the block. Yeah, yeah. as much, and, and we just get into the community. And really, it's just an open door for the pastor to be on that property mm-hmm. and with that family and just pouring into them. Some people always ask us, like, "What are your evangelistic efforts?" Mm-hmm. You know, they like, "Okay, so you build houses and you feed kids and you send kids to school. What do you right. do to evangelize?" Right. And we believe presenting a single mom with a home in the name of Jesus. Yes, is an evangelistic yes. effort. Yes. And, yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 Taking a kid, he's hungry, and he can't hear the gospel over the rumbling of his belly. No, no. And so we'll tell him about Jesus, but we're also going to give him a plate of food. I love and that. that's the evangelistic effort. I love that. You know, something that's really interesting about this community is yeah. every single family is in need. Every single family is in poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, but they celebrate other people's victories. And that was shocking to that's us great. because mm-hmm. we didn't know if they were, there was going to be jealousy or yeah. violence targeted towards these families. And in one situation, um, one of the mothers that we built a house for had a baby. And so um, I went in, like, to town, and I bought her all this, like, baby stuff. Yeah. Like, basically, like, a baby shower, kind of. like. Mm-hmm. And we were dropping it off with, like, crib and formula and onesies and all this stuff. Yeah. And um, the neighbors, I started seeing these women, like, poking their heads out. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on over there? What's going on over there? And it turned into an impromptu baby shower, like, so, so fast. So like, good. they were so happy yeah. for it. And you need to understand, like... These women were in need of what this woman was receiving, but they were so happy to celebrate with her and to to come around side of her and congratulate her. That's and great. 
just a really, really special community that it. we build in. It's amazing. So how can we, as the local church, continue to come alongside Hope Project as God uses you? Yeah, you know, we started Hope Project in 2013, mm. and the first church that invited us to come speak, we were, like, pumped. And yeah. so we went there, and somewhere along that, we, we started saying the phrase, together we can change the world. Wow. And it was a big thing to say when we just had our $200 in each account. Yeah. But we say, together we can change the yep. world. And then that quickly turned into, wait, together we will change the world. There it is. And then a few years later, we started saying, together we are changing, are changing the world. The world. Okay. And so together, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. As you guys come alongside us and, you know, supporting monthly and sponsoring kids yes. and building homes and sending kids to school, right. all we're doing is together, we're right. literally changing the world yeah. for these kids. That. So That's beautiful. Do it together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we feel that way about the pastors we partner with. Together with Pastor Va, together with Pastor Carlos, together with Mia in Ethiopia, mm -hmm. together we can change the world with them. And I feel like it is a mutual um, respect on both ends. Yeah. And they feel like they're in it together with us. Wow. And so that is just kingdom, you know? Yeah. It's just right. like how the kingdom right. of God is supposed to be. Yeah. And um, it's just really exciting. We're I excited that. that we get to do what we do. I love that. So. Let's celebrate them again. Hope Project. Wow. You know, we, we shared our story last week, and we had a cute, amazing documentary, but to hear that you guys went into a, a foreign nation, and you had a little bit over $1,000, and just that seed, and you just kept going back, oh, and no. you brought other groups along, and, and literally now, families are being changed. People are encountering the love of Christ. Um, it just kind of ups the, ups the bar a little yeah. bit, you know? And I, I think um, as the American church, we have a phenomenal opportunity yeah. as well as responsibility to continue to get behind organizations like Hope Project and to just push, push your vision forward. And so we're grateful for you. We thank God for you. Yeah. And um, I know that we are in a long-term relationship. Yeah. I, I want us to grow old together. Yeah. I, I, I want us to raise up a president in these nations know. you know maybe they're a kid right now but in the future they'll be a president of that nation and come on now church we got to get excited about this stuff let's go because because a part of the issue is is that the government in these nations are, are weak in its leadership and it takes missionaries coming in seeing the potential in these babies sharing Jesus and, yes. and before you know it the whole entire nation has changed 20 years later all because of what we did together yeah. and so um, we're in this thing for the long run are there any final thoughts you'd like to share from your heart um, I know we have some opportunities to partner with you um, they have a table outside to sponsor a child but any any final thoughts I was actually thinking during worship when we we're singing Lord send revival yeah I feel like at times we can sit and wait for him to send revival but maybe he's already sent it you know, maybe it's revival us wears a size 12 yeah. in a little green jacket yes, sir. and is willing to go. Yeah. You know, maybe revival has the same kids as people on a baseball team that right. need to hear the gospel. Yeah. You know, maybe revival carpools to work with four people that don't know Jesus. Yeah. And so we're asking God to send revival. And I think he's like, okay, go. Already go. doing it. We got you. We're the revival. Let's go. Yeah. So just, I feel like I want to share that with you. I love yeah. that. I love that thing. Awesome. Come on up, babe. Let's pray for you guys. Come on, everyone, just um, extend your faith and even a hand towards the stage. We're going we're gonna to pray. Father God, we thank you so much for Hope Project and uh, this beautiful family, Lord. We pray that you continue to bless them and add on to them. God, may their cup overflow. 
Um, they have a they have a, a young boy at home, Lord. So we even ask for protection over yes, him, God. Lord. Bless him, bless his life. Yes. Um, and God, we ask that you continue to just strengthen our partnership, God. Um, allow the resource to flow. Allow us to find favor with you, God, as they do the work of Christ in these nations, Lord. We pray for uh, supernatural protection. Uh, we bind up the plan of the enemy in the name of Jesus. And um, we know, Lord, that you're going to move them forward. We know that you've gone before them. We know that there are more families and more children to reach with the love and the good news of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, remind them, Lord, that there's the local church who is there for them. We're behind them. Whatever they need, Lord, we're there. So um, may, may heaven come down upon the earth and um, have your way, Lord. Have your way. Strengthen these relationships. And, and may, may we be in it for the long run, Lord. You're going to do supernatural things. You're going to do powerful things. And um, your, your revival is here, Lord. And revival is going to happen, Lord. We declare and we decree in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Wow. Oh, thank you all so much. So real quick, I'll just give us a few, a few thoughts. How about that? Was that good? So good. Um, I know the Holy Spirit is probably moving in your heart. And, um, and, and so now the question is, what's next? What, what do I do in response to this? I mean, this is, this is really monumental for our church um, five years in, and now we're finally able to step into international yeah, fronts and partnerships. And so um, I want to help you understand what you can do next, and that is, number one, you can pray. Okay. Someone say pray. pray. You can pray. Um, Jesus said, if two or three gather in my name, whatever they ask, that shall I do. So at the very least, begin to pray and um, Put this on your prayer list. Pray for Hope Project. Pray for these nations. Pray for missions all across the world through the Capital C Church. And I think as you pray, God is going to make your heart a little bit more. um, The Bible says, give me a fleshly heart. It'll make you a little bit more sensitive to uh, the needs around the world. Second thing you can do is give. Someone say give. Give. You can give. Um, so out here, they have opportunities for you to sponsor a child. And I think it's like $40 per kid. But, um, you know, they, they share the stories. But um, when you stop and you think about our situations versus their situation, Jeez. you really come to this place where I, I have nothing to complain about. That's right. You know, our issue is we want a new job. Their issue is that they don't have jobs. Wow. Our issue is, what are we going to eat? Their issue is, are we going to eat? And so I, I think that, man, I, I could take 40 bucks a month, and I, I can make sure a kid is eating. I can make sure they have clothing. I can make sure that they have shelter. So when you, when you step out, go and see how you can partner with them individually, and I think that's going to be a powerful interaction. Another way you can give is you can start giving faithfully and consistently to your local church. I'm going to say this again. It doesn't have to be here. But if this is good soil, start tithing, start going above and beyond the tithe. I think one of the marks of a mature Christian is that you don't just tithe, but you begin to get into the offering zone, right? The tithe sustains the church. It's the day to day. It's the week to week. The offering pushes the church forward. 
And so Ivan want to begin to prepare your heart now because we have our end of the year annual offering, which is going to be December 12th. But you can start now. You can start to give now. And as you give to your local church, we partner with these organizations to help push them forward. The third thing you can do is you can serve. Someone say serve. Serve. You can serve. I think that first step for a lot of you is to become a participant in what Jesus is doing in the local church. Before we can go across, because a lot of us, we love to go across seas. Like, and I, but I think that helps us to escape the call that we have as Christians to the local church. So I think your first step is to get into Super Steps on November 7th to, to learn about. Come on, we can celebrate that to get into Super Steps and become a superior. Let's learn what your spiritual gifts are. Let's learn what your personality is. Build relationships and then we can prepare to go together to these foreign nations and help serve alongside Hope Project. We're going to be going on our first ever missions trip a week before we turn six years old. So we got a year, come on, next year to prepare. And so we want you to go on that trip with us. We'll probably cap it off around 25 or 20 people or so, but it'll be our first missions trip in a year and more information about that. If you're interested, email the team at highlight.church and let us know you want to you want to go across the, across the pond together. And so what I want to do is I want to read a scripture real quick, and then we'll go ahead and get on out of here. How many of you remember the White Robe series? Yeah. It's an end time series. And yeah. if you weren't here, I encourage you to go back and check it out. Powerful series. Give you some context. This is the final judgment. And we're going to be standing before Christ. Believers and unbelievers. We're going to all come before Christ one day. And um, on the left, he's going to place those who did not believe in him. And they're going to end up in eternal damnation. On the right, it's going to, that's his hand of favor, power, and strength. That's the church. Yes, come on now. Those who preserved, those who served, right? Because it's more than just about coming to Christ, but it's about showing the fruits of your salvation, right? So, so you don't serve to be saved. Christ did all the work on the cross, but as a result of your love for God, you, let's let this settle. As your love, the result of your love for God, you do serve. So one of the natural desires of your faith is to not just fill a seat, but to step out and, and, and hold on, wait, 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 step out and be like the Lord in your home, in your city, in your neighborhood, in the world. And, and we're all going to have to give an account for not just professing him, but for what we did. And so here it is right here. It's going to be very specific, but this is what Jesus is going to say. Verse 35. For I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was a stranger and you invited me into your home. I was naked and you gave me clothing. I was sick and you cared for me. I was was in prison and you visited me. Then these righteous ones will reply, talking about the church, talking about you and I. Lord, when did we ever see you hungry? They got so lost in loving people. It was a part of who they were. The Holy Spirit was flowing so naturally through them that they didn't even know 
you know, as they loved and as they were kind and as they were gentle and as they were gracious on the job and, 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 and when they served in the local church, they didn't even know because they were just in the flow of being like God. They, they were so busy with contributing and not consuming. They're like, when did, when did we ever do, when did we ever see you hungry or feed you halfway through verse 37 or thirsty and give you something to drink? Verse 38 or a stranger and show you hospitality or naked and give you clothing. When did we ever see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king, someone say king, will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to one of the least, someone say least, least, of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Yes. You were doing it to me. And, and I know that in America, we've gotten used to, um, you know, when you're on YouTube, you see the ad of the hungry kids. But I'm guilty of it. What we're waiting on is those five seconds to pass by so we can skip that at. Or when you're on TV and that thing comes on and you click, you, ah, I'll come back when that commercial has gone. Because you don't want to feel like the guilt of <laughs> not doing your part. What I don't want us to do, Christian church, American church, I don't want us to grow callous. To, to the needs that surround us. I don't want us to grow numb. But one of the marks of a mature Christian is that even though you're struggling and you're overcoming and you're going through the things you're going through, you're remaining sensitive to the needs of others. And Christ said, whenever you did it to the least of these, I show Judah their booklet at home yesterday. And on the front of their booklet, you'll see it out here. There's a, a group of kids and the kid in the middle, he, he's the shortest one, and he has on his sandals, and a long shirt has a big hole in it. But it, he's, he looks mad, right? I just think they caught him in a bad snap. I don't think he was mad, but you know how they catch it. Like, can you take that over? But Judah, 70 years old, and I mean, he, he lives the perfect life. He has no needs. He said, Dad, um, why is he so mad? He's never been exposed to that amount of misfortune. Like, you know, I've never exposed him to that. Like, I say things like right now I'm wearing my pick around the house. Like, because I'm trying to grow up my fro. <laughs> I'm wearing my pick around the house. And they don't know nothing about that. They don't know where I'm from. They don't know I'm from Richmond Heights. Okay, they are totally, they, they're totally far from the, because they're so blessed. They're far from, you know what I mean? And, and I said, well, maybe he's hungry. And I love Judah's response. And it was such a, an authentic response. And I know it meant something. I know God planted a seed. And we won't know what it means for years. But when I said, well, maybe he's hungry. He, he put his hands on his head and he walked around. And he said, oh. And it's funny. He said, give me something to write with. I'm like, where are we going with this? But I know then that a, a seed was planted in his heart. And if he is his father's child, yes. he's not settled with the fact that this is going on in the world. On he's not settled with the fact that we can just come into an, an air-conditioned church with a nice lobby and 
we can park and we, he's not settled with that, but God is doing something in his heart right, th- right now to address the issues that's going to present themselves in his generation. So I say to you, church, Jesus Christ has passed us the baton. And like Than said, revival is here. Revival starts with us. Revival is now. And the biggest takeaway is this, is that when we serve others, we're serving Jesus. When we're serving others, we're serving Jesus. So let's serve him. Let's serve him well. Let's stay fresh in our faith. Let's make, let's make heaven happy.